Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, March 16th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the Word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Zav, and it means command. Leviticus 7, 11-21 This is the ritual of the sacrifice of well-being that one may offer to Hashem. If he offers it for thanksgiving, he shall offer together with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes with oil mixed in, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, well soaked. This offering, with cakes of unleavened bread added, he shall offer along with his thanksgiving sacrifice of well-being. Out of this he shall offer one of each kind as a gift to Hashem. He shall go to the Kohen, who dashes the blood of the offering of well-being and the flesh of his thanksgiving sacrifice of well-being shall be eaten on the day that it is offered. None of it shall be set aside until morning. If, however, the sacrifice he offers is a votive or a freewill offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice, and what is left of it shall be eaten on the morrow. What is then left of the flesh of the sacrifice shall be consumed in fire on the third day. If any of the flesh of his sacrifice of well-being is eaten on the third day, it shall not be acceptable. It shall not count for him who offered it. It is an offensive thing, and the person who eats of it shall bear his guilt. Flesh that touches anything unclean shall not be eaten. It shall be consumed in fire. As for other flesh, only he who is clean may eat such flesh. But the person who, in a state of uncleanness, eats flesh from Hashem's sacrifices of well-being, that person shall be cut off from his kin. When a person touches anything unclean, be it human uncleanness or an unclean animal or any unclean creature, 
and eats flesh from Hashem's sacrifice of well-being, that person shall be cut off from his kin. Isaiah 44, 1-23 But hear now, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus said Hashem, your Maker, your Creator, who has helped you since birth. Fear not, my servant Jacob, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Even as I pour water on thirsty soil and rain upon dry ground, so will I pour my Spirit on your offspring, my blessing upon your posterity and they shall sprout like grass, like willows by watercourses. One shall say, I am Hashem's. Another shall use the name of Jacob. Another shall mark his arm of Hashem and adopt the name of Israel. Thus said Hashem, King of Israel, their Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God but me. Who like me can announce, can foretell it, and match me thereby? Even as I told the future to an ancient people, so let him foretell coming events to them. Do not be frightened, do not be shaken. Have I not from of old predicted to you? I foretold, and you are my witnesses. Is there any God then but me? There is no other rock. I know none. The makers of idols all work to no purpose, and the things they treasure can do no good, as they themselves can testify. They neither look nor think, and so they shall be shamed. Who would fashion a god or cast a statue that can do no good? Lo, all its adherents shall be shamed. They are craftsmen, are merely human. Let them all assemble and stand up. They shall be cowed, and they shall be shamed. The craftsman in iron with his tools works it over charcoal and fashions it by hammering, working with the strength of his arm. Should he go hungry, his strength should ebb. Should he drink no water, he would grow faint. The craftsman in wood measures with a line and marks out a shape with the stylus. He forms it with scraping tools, marking it out with a compass. He gives it a human form, the beauty of a man to dwell in a shrine. For his use he cuts down cedars, he chooses plain trees and oaks, he sets aside trees of the forest, or plants firs and the rain makes them grow. All this serves man for fuel, he takes some to warm himself and he builds a fire and bakes bread. He also makes a god of it and worships it, fashions an idol and bows down to it. Part of it he burns in a fire, on that part he roasts meat. He eats the roast and is sated. He also warms himself and cries, Ah, I am warm, I can feel the heat. Of the rest he makes a god, his own carving. He bows down to it, worships it. He prays to it and cries, Save me, for you are my god. They have no wit or judgment. Their eyes are besmeared and they see not. Their minds and they cannot think. They do not give thought. They lack the wit and judgment to say, Part of it I burned in a fire, I also baked bread on the coals, I roasted meat and ate it. Should I make the rest an abhorrence? Should I bow to a block of wood?
He pursues ashes. A deluded mind has led him astray, and he cannot save himself. He never says to himself, The thing in my hand is a fraud. Remember these things, O Jacob, for you, O Israel, are my servant. I fashioned you. You are my servant. O Israel, never forget me. Wipe away your sins like a cloud, your transgressions like mist. Come back to me, for I redeem you. I wipe away your sins like a cloud, your transgressions like mist. Come back to me, for I redeem you. Shout, O heavens, for Hashem has acted. Shout aloud, O depths of the earth. Shout for joy, O mountains, O forests with all your trees. For Hashem has redeemed Jacob, has glorified himself through Israel. Luke 2, 1-35 And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you, You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, as it was told to them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Yeshua, 
which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Yeshua to do for him after the custom of the law, Then took he him up in his arms, and blessed God, and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen the salvation, then which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Psalm 59, 1-17 Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity, and save me from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me, and behold. You therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. Selah. They return at evening, they make a noise like a dog, and go round about the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth, swords are in their lips, for who, say they, does hear? But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have all the heathen in derision. Because of his strength will I wait upon you, for God is my defense. The God of my mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desire upon my enemies. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by your power, and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips let them even be taken in their pride, and for cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be. And let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. Selah. And at evening let them return, and let them make a noise like a dog, and go round about the city. Let them wander up and down for meat, and grudge if they be not satisfied. But I will sing of your power, yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. 
Unto you, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense, and the God of mercy. Proverbs 11:14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Leviticus 7, and then we're going to jump into Isaiah 44. And in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 12, it is written, well, I'll start with verse 11. This is the ritual of the sacrifice of well-being that one may offer to Hashem. If he offers it for thanksgiving, he shall offer together with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes with oil mixed in, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, well soaked. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. When one survives a life-threatening situation, he or she naturally feels a tremendous amount of gratitude to Hashem. Therefore, the Torah commands such a person to offer a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. The Talmud lists the four dangerous situations whose survivors are required to bring this offering. A potentially dangerous journey, dangerous imprisonment, serious illness, and a sea voyage. In the absence of the Beit HaMikdash, that is the temple, and the Thanksgiving offering, the Jewish people have a special blessing called the Gomel Blessing, recited to express thanks to Hashem when one overcomes a life-threatening situation. This idea of thanksgiving and being grateful is ingrained in the DNA of the nation of Israel. In fact, the term Yehudi, or Jew, comes from the name of the tribe of Yehuda, which derives from the word Hoda, thanksgiving. I want to jump now into Isaiah chapter 44, and there are several verses there that we're going to take a look at. Let's begin with verse 3. Even as I pour water on thirsty soil and rain upon dry ground, so will I pour my spirit on your offspring, my blessing upon your posterity. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Water is often used as a metaphor for Torah. The Talmud explains that just as water leaves a high place and flows downward to a low place, so does Torah knowledge flow away from those who are arrogant and toward those who are humble. Furthermore, just as water nourishes and sustains the thirsty soil and dry ground, the Bible is the source of our spiritual nourishment. Another view of that, or interpretation, is that in heaven there is the river of life. It exists, and the tree of life grows upon the banks of this river. It is described for us in Revelation that this tree of life has twelve different fruits, one for each month, and the leaves bring healing to the nations. When the Holy Spirit tips this river over, downward to the earthly realm, and that water comes down from heaven. That water can be seen as both the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and also the truth of God, the Word of God. 
And so it's like we can stand under a waterfall of the Spirit and the truth, the Word and the Spirit. And when we stand under that waterfall that comes from heaven, all the anxieties, the worries, the fears, the things that we are troubled about, they can't exist. It's like gnats and flies. They can't exist when you're standing under a waterfall. And so the Torah, the truth, the word, flows down from heaven from a high place down to a low place to this earthly realm. And we can position ourselves to stand under that waterfall. And every time we are in the word, reading it, hearing it, studying it, or in prayer, or in worship, we are positioning ourselves to be standing under that waterfall. Continuing on, verse 6, Thus said Hashem, the King of Israel, their Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Savayot, I am the first, and I am the last, and there is no God but me. In another place in Revelation, Yeshua says, in his own word, I am the first and I am the last. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's Greek for I am the Olive and I am the Tav. That's the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now the Olive Tav points us to Yeshua. He is the Olive Tav. He is the first and the last. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, if you look at that verse in Hebrew, right smack dab in the middle of the verse is the olive tav. It is silent, and every time you see an olive tav in a verse, it is pointing us to Yeshua. Verse 8, Do not be frightened, do not be shaken. Have I not from of old predicted to you? I foretold and you are my witnesses. Is there any God then but me? There is no other rock. I know none. We are living in times of great shaking. There has never been a time on the earth like this one. Never before have we known this global pandemic, or should I call it plandemic. Never before have nations been in lockdown with mandatory stay-in-place orders and quarantines and businesses closed on such a wide scale. And now we have a Russia-Ukraine war brewing. Well, not brewing. There is a war, but it has the potential to escalate to something much wider. Yet God is saying, do not be frightened, do not be shaken. Why? Because Yeshua is our rock, and we can cling to him. And though everything around us in our world can be shaken, as long as we cling to Yeshua, we are unshakable. We can be like a barnacle clinging to the rock. Now the next part of This chapter, chapter 44 from Isaiah, is talking about idols and why don't the people who worship them have any common sense. 
uh, a person who works with wood, he might carve something out of the wood, and then he might use some of the wood for fuel, and then of the rest of the wood he makes a god, his own carving. He bows down to it and worships it, and he prays to it and says, Save me, for you are my god. And in verse 18 of Isaiah 44, he's, the, he, the writer says, They have no wit or judgment. Their eyes are besmeared, and they see not their minds. And they cannot think. They don't give thought. They lack the wit and judgment to say, Part of it I burned in a fire. I also baked bread on the coals. I roasted meat and ate. Should I make the rest an abhorrence or an idol? Should I bow to a block of wood? Verse 20. He pursues ashes. A deluded mind has led him astray, and he cannot save himself. He never says to himself, The thing in my hand is a fraud. And as I read that verse, something came to my mind. What came to my mind is, during this pandemic, people who are not people of faith, they have been controlled by fear. And the media, the mainstream media, has whipped up that fear. And that's how the globalists have been able to control the masses, is through fear. People are afraid of dying, and lots of people have died from the COVID. And so through fear, they're able to manipulate and control the masses. And so many people have chosen to take this bioweapon injection. And what we see in the news, what's reported from scientific studies is that taking this injection does not protect you from getting COVID. In fact, there have been many cases of people who've taken the injection and then gotten COVID. So it doesn't do anything to protect you from COVID. It doesn't prevent you from spreading it to other people. What's the point? Basically, people are putting their trust in an injection thinking, well, if I take this injection, life will go back to normal, and I will be protected. I won't die from COVID. And yet, that's a fake hope, a false hope. It's a fraud. It's like bowing down to an idol, an idol of Big Pharma's bioweapon injection. Putting your faith and hope in that, that it's somehow going to protect you and keep you from dying. And then you find out the thing that was injected into my body is a fraud. And in fact, many people have been injured. They get heart attacks and stroke and myocarditis, enlargement of the heart. They become paralyzed. They get dropsy. Women have miscarriages. Women become infertile. It causes inflammation, and all kinds of very harmful and damaging side effects to the health. The thing I've injected into my body is a fraud. Just like it says in the scriptures, the thing in my hand is a fraud. And yet God's heart says this, Verse 21, O Israel, never forget me. 
I wipe away your sins like a cloud, your transgressions like mist. Come back to me, for I redeem you. His heart cry is, return, return, return to me. So if anyone listening did happen to take the injection, maybe you were required to for your job. Maybe you felt like you didn't have a choice or that you were coerced. There is God's mercy. And I believe if you have Jabber's remorse, that if you pray a simple prayer, heartfelt from the heart, and ask the Father to have mercy upon you, and ask for his forgiveness for not trusting him to protect you, and ask him to cleanse your body of all the spike protein that has been injected into the body, I believe he will hear, and I believe he will answer. There are some practical things you can do to detox your body if you've taken the jab and you have spike protein in your body, or perhaps you've been exposed to COVID and you're fighting off COVID. There are some practical home remedies that you can do that have saved many people's lives, thousands of people's lives. One place you can go to find out about these home treatment remedies for detoxing and for treating COVID or for detoxing from the jab, go to bridgeconnectorministries.com. Go to War Room Report. And on that page, at the top of the page, uh, there's a, a button you can click that gives you information about early home remedies for COVID. Let's close and conclude with these verses from Psalm 59. Psalm 59, verses 16 and 17. But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto you, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. We thank you, Father, that you are our defense and you are a God of mercy. We thank you that we can hide in you, that you are our refuge. We thank you that we can cling to Yeshua, who is the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and that you are our refuge and our high tower. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen.